We're going to dive right into the Word of God. What an exciting season we are in. God set up these feasts and He wanted them to be a reminder to us. First and foremost, when He set them up, they were to be a reminder of some of the things that had yet taken place and things that were yet to come. And He gave four spring feasts and uh, then there's these the ones that are in the fall feast, but the ones in the spring feast that we've already come through would be Passover, and that would be a parallel with the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Then there's unleavened bread, and that would be him being the sinless, uh, spotless Lamb of God without any leaven in him that was offered up for us. Then there's first fruits, as he on the third day did what? came forth out of the grave. He's the first, uh, first fruit uh, from the grave, that meaning that if he's the first, then those that are dead in Christ at that twinkling of an eye, when God raptures the church, said the dead in Christ shall what? Rise first. He was the first fruit of the resurrection coming back. And you say, no, Lazarus was. Well, Lazarus died again. This resurrection is to live forever. Hallelujah. Like Jesus. And, and praise God. And then he said... As he ascended on high, he said, uh, tarry in Jerusalem until you've been endued on high with power uh, from above. Uh, as my Father's going to send the Holy Spirit, you're going to be filled with the Spirit of God. So they went back to Jerusalem and they were waiting on that. And 50 days after his resurrection, we see the day of Pentecost took place uh, as the Holy Spirit came and filled those in the upper room. Peter is preaching. The church is born on that day. Well, that is coming up this Sunday. So we are, we are anticipating Pentecost. Now, for us in Christ who know that was the birth of the church, that the uh, Holy Spirit has already come and the Holy Spirit is already here and in us. Praise God. But there are still those that are still waiting for the Messiah. There are those that are still waiting uh, for the uh, first fruits from the dead. They're still waiting for the unleavened bread to be fulfilled. They're still waiting for Pentecost. And, uh, and up until the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit, there was always a sense of anticipation when coming up on Pentecost was one of the most anticipated times because that was when the promise of power was coming. That was when the covenant God was not going to just be the covenant God of heaven, but He was going to, with His Spirit, move in us and live through us and, and manifest His power in us and manifest His power through us. It was, it was one of the greatest times of anticipation, still even to this day, to those who have not yet uh, seen that fulfillment or believe that's fulfilled, it's still such a great time of anticipation. And uh, I want us to ride that wave because as God has us continue to uh, recognize these feasts, the ones that have been fulfilled and yet those that are yet to be fulfilled in the fall feast, we'll be talking more about, about those as we come into that uh, during that season of the year. But this Sunday is this week we're in right now, this Wednesday night, Folks are vibrating with anticipation of excitement about a God who made a promise to invade this world with the power of heaven. Now you and I celebrate because we know He has already for 2,000 years done this. And we live in that power. But I pray this evening that as we study this, it would cause your uh, excitement to rise, your faith to rise. And if you're not living in the fullness of the power of the Spirit of God, that you would after tonight, 
your faith would say, I'm receiving the indwelling of the Spirit of God, the refilling of the Spirit of God, an outpouring of the Spirit of God. Whatever measure you need, He is here, and He wants you to walk out of here spilling over, your cup running over by His presence and power. Amen? So as we study His Word together, let us pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for Your anointing. We thank You, Holy Spirit, You've already come. You're here with us right now. We love You. We welcome You, Holy Spirit. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You have full access in this building. You have full access in our bodies. You have full access. We yield to You this evening. And we say, God, have Your way. And God, we pray as You taught us to Thy kingdom come. And thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Glory to your holy name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I've entitled this message, Anticipating Pentecost. Just think you're walking in this beautiful scenery and everything's looking good, but there's a mountain and there's going to be something you experience on that mountain that's going to be higher, it's going to be greater, it's going to be grander, it's going to look better, life's going to look better, life's going to feel better when you get there. That's what they're doing as they're anticipating Pentecost. Now keep in mind, we have already received the Holy Spirit, but there are many people who live in a day and age where the Holy Spirit has already been poured out, but they have never yet you might would say, been willing to drink Him in, to receive Him in the fullness. And there are some that have, but they are, they've, they've lived life and they've squeezed Him out here and they've squeezed Him out here. And just like a sponge that you keep squeezing on becomes dry, maybe you're dry tonight. You don't have to live that way. Because the person in the work of the Holy Spirit is one of the most profound and the distinctive revelations of the whole Bible. It is a mystery of God made manifest, not only uh, in us and around us, but through us to the glory of God. It, because it's through the Holy Spirit we can receive a knowledge. It is through the Holy Spirit we can receive a power that is not ours. You have access to the mind of God. You have access to the power of God. You have access to the anointing of the anointed one in and through the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. One of, one of the supremely and important revelations of the Bible as we study the Bible is the nature of God. The nature of God. See, the Bible unfolds this mystery that we could never know through any other source than through the Word of God. And the mystery of God is that He is one, but while yet He is one, He is more than one. Now I know that goes beyond our limited thinking, but let me tell you what, we are the creation, and how can the creation fully understand the Creator? He is so much grander, so much, we can't even understand infinity. We can't understand that numbers have infinity. We can't understand that God was never, there was never a before and will never be an after with God. That this thing of chronos of time that we know is a creative uh, season, you might would say, that God has created for us to live in. But He's beyond that. So God is a God of mystery. And the Word of God reveals mystery to us, telling us that while God is one, He is yet more than one. And actually, He is three persons, yet one God. The Word of God shows us in times of Scripture from the very beginning in Genesis where it says uh, that God said, let us create the heavens and the earth. And He uses the uh, plural uh, noun, us, and then He uses a singular verb, create. Now, some, uh, ma uh, some uh, uh, grammatical, uh, you might say Hebrew grammatical teachers would say that is improper. 
If you have a singular subject, you have a singular verb. If you have a plural subject, you have a plural verb. But God says, you're not going to limit me even with your grammar rules, okay? He said, there's always an exception into the rule. And when it comes to me, I'm the exception to the rule. He says, I said, let us, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, create singularly as one the heavens and the earth. Amen. Hallelujah. So we know that when John the Baptist was baptizing Jesus and there's the Son of God in physical form and the Bible says that a, uh, the Holy Spirit like a dove came and lighted upon him and God the Father spoke from heaven and said, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. So we've got this picture of the, the Godhead even there at the baptism of Jesus Christ. Tonight we're going to be dealing specifically with the Holy Spirit as, as Passover and unleavened bread and, and, and first fruits deals primarily with Jesus and his function as the Son of God and as the Son of Man becoming the sacrificial lamb for us. Pentecost focuses on what Jesus promised. He would send his Spirit who would fill us with his presence and power. So tonight we're going to be dealing with the Holy Spirit as we lead up to Pentecost Sunday, this coming Sunday, May the 20th. So on this Wednesday we are anticipating Pentecost. Sunday we're going to be talking about receiving Pentecost. And, and every Sunday and Wednesday after that we're going to keep talking about living in Pentecost because this is not a one-time experience, but something God wants us to live in His presence and His power at all times. Now first we need to understand that the Holy Spirit Himself is a person. He is not static electricity. He is not your hair standing up on end or goosebumps. He is not an it, a thing, or a feeling. That is not God. He is not a nameless personality or this nameless force. He is not just energy. He's not laughter. He's not goosebumps. He's not the holy jerk. Now, all of that may be your response to His great power. Some people say, well, are you against anybody laughing in the Spirit? No, but that's not the Holy Ghost. That's their response to the joy of the Lord that's spilling over in their life. You say, well, well, you know, there was a whole movement of shakers. You know, was that of God? Well, let me tell you what. I've seen many people shake under the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, the shaking is not the Holy Spirit. That's their response to the great power. There's a stimulus that is greater than you. And when that happens, we all respond differently. If I were to hide behind the door and, and my wife was to come through the door in the middle of the night and I was to go, boo, I'm telling you what, you better stand back because she's probably going to claw you and you're going to hear a, 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 a big a high-pitched scream. But if I did the same thing to Townsend, I probably would wear a black eye. He would just punch me and just keep on going to his bedroom. If I did it to Morgan, she's going to run. She's not going to hang around. She's going to scream and she's going to run. She's not going to claw. She's not going to hit me. She's going to get as further, uh, far, far away from me as she can. That's some people in the church. When the power of the Holy Spirit comes on, they got to run. They just, I got more energy in me and I know what to do with it. They just take off running. Some people say, oh, that's so silly. I say, no, you're so silly to say they're so silly because you're denying them the expression that they are having by the power of God touching them. I say, get loosed up a little and join them and might see it's a little bit of fun. Hallelujah. There are some people who stand up and say, Hallelujah, praise God, glory. You know, when, when they feel the presence of the Lord rising up in them. And there's other people who just hold back into tears or are unstoppable. You know, it's just your response 
to the supernatural stimuli and presence of God. Is any of it wrong? No, unless it's really uh, offending someone. Now, if you, I've seen people go up to other people and start shaking them and jerking them and, and touching them all over, you know. You know and that, that's out of order. You know, keep your hands to yourself. I tell you what, I've had people jerk me so hard before that I was worse off after the prayer than I was before the prayer. And I know they all meant well, but man, it was rough to the place I'd stop going to the altar. I just wouldn't go to the altar because I was afraid if sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so got a hold of me, I was going to be sore for a week. You know, that's, that we don't allow here. We don't allow here. Uh, we, we, we believe that God does everything in order. But that order doesn't mean you're sitting there stiff and cold and dry. That's out of order too. Because we're in the presence of a living God, a loving God, a God who's willing to give his own life for us, a God who says, I love it when you dance before me. I love it when you clap your hands. I love it when you shout. I love it when you sing songs of praise. I love it when you declare glory and honor and praises unto me. He says, if you will, if you will fail to do it, the rocks are going to cry out. I've got some rocks buried in the Jordan River that they were willing to put there when they crossed over. So rocks there is, a, is an altar that even man can't see, but they said, we're not doing this to be seen of man. God did a miracle here, and we're going to always, no man's going to ever remove it, and we're going to always have an altar of praise for God. Let me tell you what, that's how we need to live as well, because the Holy Spirit is here to have His way in and through us, and if we quench Him or, or resist Him, the Bible says we can grieve the Holy Spirit. So a lot of folks who think they're proper and in order are actually grieving the Holy Spirit while they are pharisaically judging someone who's maybe having a Holy Ghost laughter. And, you know, and, and you, it's out of order. Let God have His way. Amen? Amen. So the Holy Spirit is a person, the Bible tells us. He has a will. The Scripture reveals He has emotions. The Bible talks about the different emotions of the Holy Spirit. The Bible even indicates that the Holy Spirit has moods. There's moods that the Holy Spirit has and He has desires. And all of this forms the reality that you and I can have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. He's not this unknown, unseen power force that, that we're afraid of. He is the third person of the Godhead here to dwell among us and live in us and have relationship. Oh, that we would have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I ask you tonight, do you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? I can ask people, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Yes, I love Jesus Christ. Do you have a relationship with Father? Yes, I pray to Him every day. Jesus taught me to pray. Our Father, which I address Him, I come to Him. I've got a... Do you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? Paul often writes about our koanias, a Greek word, fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Read his epistles and you will see over and over where he is talking about koania or fellowship with the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus has gone and is at sitting, seated at the right hand of the Father and He's making intercession for us. But He said He would send the Holy Spirit. He would send the Spirit of God, the third person of the Godhead, to live in us and move through us. We can have a relationship with Him. My wife and I are close. I'm telling you, as close as two people could be on the earth. But I have a more intimate, close relationship 
with the Holy Spirit than I even do my wife and she does me because she can't live in me and I can't live in her. But God, through the supernatural ability of His Spirit, can dwell in us and go with us everywhere. So the Holy Spirit is a person just as the Father and the Son is. Now, because of human parallels, it's always easier for us to build the relationship with our Heavenly Father or build a relationship with Jesus. But I challenge you, I challenge you, oh, that you would build your relationship. Work on building your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Sister Janet wrote a book and she, she talks about that journey that she goes through in building that relationship and that dependency on the Holy Spirit and found out in Him, He brought her to a place that she would thirst no more, that He would more than quench her thirst. And it's a great book. You should talk to her about it. I don't even know if she has any more copies left, but talk to her about it. It's a great journey of hers and a parallel of the spiritual warfare that takes place, but how the Holy Spirit in us and through us gives us the vision victory. So it is through the Holy Spirit we, we learn that God is omniscient. He is omniscient. He is omnipotent and He is omnipresent. These are the natures of God. Now what does omniscient mean? Well, most of you probably know, but it comes from this uh, Latin word uh, omniscient, uh, which comes from the Latin word scientia, which is the state of knowing. So here we have omne, all-knowing. He is an all-knowing God. So through the Holy Spirit, God knows everything. There is nothing hidden from God. If somebody says, well, I'm not going to church because I'm doing some things that God wouldn't be pleased with, let me tell you what, God already knows. He already knows. Well, I can't fully partner with the church because even though I'm coming to the church, there's still some things that I've not revealed to the Lord. Let me tell you, He already knows. He knows all things. It means he's present. Uh, he knows all things. Now, the second one we want to talk about is nature is he is omnipresent, meaning God is present at all places at all times. I love Jeremiah 23, 23 and 24, where he says, Am I a God near at hand, says the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can anyone hide himself in secret places so I shall not see him, says the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, says the Lord? God says, do you not understand? I created all of this and I fill it. There's no place I am not present at any time. So God says, I fill the heaven and the earth. And there's no place that you will find that my presence is not. There's no place that uh, you will be able to say God is not here. In Psalms 139, verses 1, following, uh, the psalmist writes, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. And there is not one word on my tongue. See that? There is not one word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether and have hedged me behind and before, and have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is, it is high. I, it's so high I cannot contain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into the heavens, I find you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. And if I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you. 
But the night shines as the day, and the darkness as, and the light are both alike to you. There is nowhere you can go from God and be hidden from God. So knowing that nature of God by His Spirit, you must understand there's no distance that can separate you from Him. The devil's been lying to you and telling you God is afar off. God is not near. The devil is a liar. He's everywhere. And this means that there's no darkness that can hide you from Him. There are no circumstances that can distance you from God. Some people say, well, I'm going through this and I'm going through this and I'm going through this and God is nowhere. God is right there. The devil's lying to you and you don't have faith to believe it. You need to understand that by His Spirit, He is right there. No pain can remove you from His presence. He is everywhere throughout the universe. If you were to even take a flight to the moon, He's in the heavens as well. He's there. God is everywhere. And He knows all things and He's at all places at all times. The key here that unfolds the secret in Psalms 139 is found in verse 7. He says, uh, and he does this parallel, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? Now this is a typical Hebrew poetry play. And if you study Hebrew, you'll find out that one of their common uh, standards of poetry is parallelism of the same. They say the same thing with some different words. And, and it's kind of like, you know, today how folks like to rap and rhyme. Well, this here is not rapping and rhyming. This here is repeating with different words to say the same thing to get the point across. So you see, he says, where can I go from your spirit? And now to say it in another way, he's saying the same thing. Or where can I flee from your presence? Saying it is your presence that is your spirit and it is your spirit that is your presence. And that's why, hallelujah, we love Pentecost because the Holy Spirit came to dwell with us, not just to come and be among us at times as He did with those of the Old Testament, but to have His ever-presence, omnipresence in us 24-7, 365 days a year. Now, I don't know about you, but that's exciting to know I wake up in the midst of the greatest pain that I've ever felt in my body where fear would come in and say, you're going to die. And I can say, wait a minute. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is right here. He hadn't gone anywhere. This pain didn't run him away. And I say, Holy Spirit, and I draw on the Spirit of God to drive out the spirit of infirmity, and I can be healed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. My, through the Holy Spirit, God is omniscient. Through the Holy Spirit, God is omnipresent. And through the Holy Spirit, God is omnipotent. And you know what omnipotent means? And that means God has all power. Omnipotent. Come on, put that verse up there if you would. 2 Timothy 1 and 7. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but He has given us. And if you look in the Greek, it would be uh, as he spoke of spirit in the beginning. He, he's not repeating that. And we do that in English as well. But it's, but it's inferred. So he says there's a spirit of fear. That thing comes on you. God didn't give you that. But there's a spirit of power. There's a spirit of power that God does give. And He's not just a spirit of power, but He's a spirit of love. And He's a spirit of a discipline or sound mind as well. 
So we know the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of power. He's omnipotent. His power is all present at all times everywhere. And Romans 8 and 11, Paul says, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you, if that Spirit, who is that Spirit? The Holy Spirit. If He dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life. And that Zoe life, that abundant life that Jesus talks about in John in 10 and 10, that is a life He wants to give you to what? Your mortal body. Stop waiting till you get to heaven to start tapping into the holy glory and power of God. You need the holiness and the glory and the power of God now. You need the power of God now more than you do in heaven because we got an enemy on this earth. And let me tell you what. He says He would give, He would come and dwell in our mortal bodies and by His Spirit... He would, the Bible talks about He would bless this body. He would build up this body. He would strengthen this body. And He would flow powerfully through this body. Praise God. So the Holy Spirit has been active on earth since creation though. So a lot of people say, oh, did it just happen at Pentecost? Was the Holy Spirit just formed by God uh, splitting Himself in, 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 at Pentecost? And we have already said, no, that happened from the very beginning. But He reveals something very, very important to us that I think we need to kind of wrap up this teaching tonight on. In Psalms 33 and 6, He says, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Now, the heavens were made by what? The Word of the Lord. By the Word of the Lord. Come on, say that with me. The Word of the Lord. By the Word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Now, look at what he goes on to say. And all of the hosts of them by the breath, which is in Hebrew, ruach, the Spirit. It's translated Spirit. And by the Spirit of His mouth. So here we have the heavens being made by the Word of the Lord and the Spirit of the Ruach of God. Hallelujah. So here we see these two great agents of creation. Now this is so important. These two great agents of creation that brought the whole universe to where it is today. And it's this simple, but yet this powerful. The Word of the Lord and the Spirit of of the Lord. The Word of the Lord and the Spirit of the Lord. Now when Jesus came, John tells us that in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God. And the Bible goes on to say that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. This same Word as He dwelt among us says that man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the breath of God, out of the mouth of God. So Jesus is telling the disciples, you've seen me, the word, I reflect what is in heaven, what the Father says is written on me. That's what you've been able to read for these years. I am the word, I've given you the word, I've implanted the word. He said, and now I'm going to the right hand of the Father. And there's another agent of creation that you must not have just about you. You need him in you. And that is a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because it's the Word and the Spirit, the two great agents of creation. Let me show you that. In Genesis chapter 1, I think I got that scripture for you, verses 2 and 3. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. 
and the Spirit of God. There's Ruach. If you read in Hebrew, there'd be the Ruach. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Who's the Spirit of God? It's the Holy Spirit. So here's the Holy Spirit hovering over the face of the waters, but the earth was still without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. Because only one of those creative agents was there at that moment. It was the Spirit of the Lord. But look what happens. Then God said, and He releases Word. And when He releases Word, He says, He had to be careful because whatever He said, the creative uh, agents of Word and Spirit would have brought it to pass. And God said, let there be light. And if you could read in the Hebrew, it would basically tell you as He spoke, the words were not yet even, it was like you heard it and it was there. It wasn't you waited like your, your, some, your computer's buffering or something like that and then the picture finally pixelates and there it formulates. No, it was like as he spoke, that word, the spirit was waiting on the word and the word was looking for the spirit and as the two came out, immediately there was light. What was without form, what was void, what had darkness on the face of its deep immediately changed with the creative agents of God with His Word and His Spirit. Hallelujah. Now, I don't know about you, but that should excite you. Why? Because through the blood of men and women who sacrificed, why in the world has this book in my hand been fought against so much? There's no other book. There's been destructive books, there's been self-help books, but there's no other book on planet Earth that has come under the warfare like the Bible has. And every dictator that would ever rise up and declare there is no God who is full of the spirit of the Antichrist, the first thing they wanted to do was get the Bibles, take the Bibles, confiscate the Bibles, burn the Bibles, turn the Bibles into toilet paper, many of them did. They said, we cannot have a Bible floating around in this country. Why were they afraid of the Bible? Because this is the Word of God. Do you hear what I'm It is God breathe. When Jesus left, he says, wait a minute, I'm going to let my spirit come and my spirit's going to come upon these apostles uh, and these apostles are going to write as they've been moved on by the Holy Ghost uh, and the word will be with you that at any time you can open it up, you can memorize it so that you've got the word and when you receive the spirit, then you've got what it takes to make about a changed face of anything that you're dealing with, whether it's darkness, whether it's chaos, whether it's form, formless and it's void. All you need is a word. Get a word of God on it and the Holy Ghost in you with faith and release it and you can see a turnaround. Why do you think some people would be surprised at what Pastor Rodica said earlier? That within an hour and a half it took that long to get the news back to her but immediately when a man or a woman of covenant Covenant with God. And when you're in covenant with God, you're in covenant with His Word. And that means if His Word says it, you're going to do it. If His Word says tithe, you don't argue about tithing. If His Word says bring offerings beyond the tithe, you don't argue about offering. If His Word says pray for the sick, you don't argue about praying for the sick. If His Word says share the gospel, you don't argue about sharing the gospel. If His Word says lay hands on the sick, you don't worry about laying hands on... Uh, you, you know, you don't argue about that. 
Because you're in covenant with God in His Word. If you understood the power of His Word, if you understood that His Word is ready at any moment, here was the Word in heaven, unspoken, and the Holy Ghost on earth, with formless and void, not really the earth yet, uh, as it was, uh, as we know it today. And not until the two got together was there a manifest of glory of heaven on earth. And the same is true in your life. Oh, if you can, I love the Word of God. You, some people say, oh, Pastor, you gotta, you got to start preaching popular stories and, and get away from the Word. There's no, there's, no, there's no covenant power in popular stories. I can get a crowd in here and entertain them, but that entertainment will fall flat as soon as you walk out of the door and you go faced with the reality of life. But let me tell you what, if I can get you, if I can get this Word in you, and if I can get you to hold on to this Word, and if I can get you to me- meditate on this Word, and if I can get you to memorize it, be able to speak this Word, no matter what circumstance or situation, you ever come into learn a promise of God for that because the promises of God are already yes and amen. Do you hear what I'm saying? All you got to do is have a word. All you got to do is have a word. All you do is have a word. But you got to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit as well because only when the Spirit, the Ruach, the breath of God comes on the Word of God will you see the change of heaven on earth. Mm. Deuteronomy 32 and 11 talks about the Spirit of God as an eagle sits upon her nest, fluttering or hovering over them. It's called the Hebrew word. I don't know if y'all can read that scripture. It's probably fading out. Deuteronomy 32 and 11. The eagle stirs up her nest, fluttering over, hovering over them. Here, this uh, hovering is a rakoff in the Hebrew. And it means to hover, to relax, to grow soft. In other words, it's, it's a relationship like a mother eagle coming up and, and the softness of her feathers. She's not, she's not there to peck her eggs. She's not there to hurt those uh, uh, eaglets. She's there to protect them and love them and give them comfort. And we've got to stop being scared of the Holy Spirit. We gotta stop being scared. Whoa, that which I can't see. Whoa, I'm scared of that. Let me tell you what. If you could pull back the veil and see the demons of hell that are coming against you and seeing the assignment that Satan has given them in the spirit realm to destroy you and then to see the angels of God that are for you and how much more of them that are for you than those are against you and then for you to see who the Holy Spirit really is. Here he says he's like an eagle, a mother that with her softness she's trying to comfort and protect and hover over. I'm telling you, we need to embrace the Holy Spirit. He's not going to hurt you. Some people say, well, the Holy Spirit, maybe she's a she. Well, she's not going to hurt you. But everywhere you see in the scripture, in these translations of today, we see that there is that uh, male uh, gender, but I don't think it's limiting it to a male version. It was going to a people who were giving a instruction and reception from that male version. But so many of the analogies of the Holy Spirit is like the mother hen or like the, the, the female eagle who comes in and takes care of the nest. Hallelujah. So many times later in the scriptures, we see where the Holy Spirit is identified as being like a heavenly dove. Now, some people say they see a dove. And I heard people say it before. Look at that dove. There's the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you what. The Spirit of God, the power of God that holds it all together. Let me tell you what. Is not limited in that little bird. Nuh-uh. So the dove came on them. Uh, the Holy Spirit came on them 
like a dove, just in that tenderness, that beauty, that, 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 that innocence, but yet we know in great power. So we see in Genesis this heavenly dove, the Holy Spirit hovering over this dark and formless and, and waste of waters. And when God spoke, let me tell you what, those two agents of creation came together. The Spirit of God and the Word of God and creation took place. Why do I say that? Because in your life, when the Spirit of God and the Word of God comes together in your covenant of faith and expression, the light of God, the power of God, the manifest of God will take place. So if you're not experiencing the supernatural will of God here on earth, you either have a word problem or you have a spirit problem. Let me say that again. If you're not experiencing the supernatural will of heaven on earth, you either have a word problem or you have a spirit problem. Now, when I got that understanding and that revelation, I fell in love with the word to a whole different level. I understood this isn't just memory verses to keep me out of trouble. God, David said, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And I got stuck right there. I got stuck right there. I'm just memorizing and learning your word and hiding your word in my heart that I won't sin against you. But the word is so much more than that. It is that, but it's so much more than that. It is God's will. It is God's heartbeat. It is God's desire. And he says, I know the plans that I have for you. And they're not to harm you, but they are to bless you that prosper you, that you would have the future that you hope for. I know the plans I have for you. When you start seeing that, and you start seeing that He says, in covenant with me, if you will walk in covenant with me, He said, I've got blessings for you. And I want to bless you coming in. And I want to bless you going out. I, I, let me express to you in the depth of how I want to bless you. If you go into the city, I want to bless you there. If you go into the country, I want to bless you there. Let me tell you a little more how I want to bless you. If you're standing up, I want to bless you. If you're sitting down, I want to bless you. If you're lying in your bed at night, I want to bless you. He said, I want you to be the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. And he goes on and on and on throughout the Scripture telling us his will will. This is His desire that if the enemy comes against us, that we can rise up and resist and rebuke the devil and he has to flee. It is His desire that we don't live bound by the enemy. It is His desire that we live free. He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. He said Christ who was rich became poor. That you and I who were born poor might be made rich in and through Christ Jesus. He wants a redemption and a lift in our life. We go on and on and on and see the will of God. And that's His Word. So now it's your responsibility and my responsibility to take His Word and say, by your stripes I was healed. It's a done deal. I got the Word. I believe the Word. I know the Word. I meditate on the Word. I sing the Word. I declare the Word. I chant the Word. I meditate on the Word. I embrace the Word. I write the Word. I type the the word I text the word I got the word but I've got to also have the spirit because the spirit is the power of God present to bring the manifest of what the word says into reality hallelujah 
And with this revelation, I ran to two agents like nobody. You can cut my arms off. You can cut my tongue out. You can cut my feet off. You can cut my head. You're not going to take these two from me. I've got the Word and I've got the Spirit. And I'm fellowshipping with the Spirit and I'm fellowshipping with the Word. And I'm thanking the Father. I'm thanking the Father for the Word. Jesus is the Word. And I'm thanking the Father for His Spirit, the Holy Spirit. You're not, going, you're not going to take these two away from me. Because I know as I keep the fellowship current and present with the Spirit of God and with the Word of God that my faith can declare the Word and the Spirit acts on the Word and the circumstances of life change. Do you get it? Do you see it? Hallelujah! Christian embassy should be the two. We should be known by two things. If anybody knows you, oh, where do you go to church? I go to Christian embassy. Oh, that's that word spirit church, or that spirit word church. You got it. We are going. We're in covenant with God. We're in covenant with His Spirit. We're in covenant with His Word. Hallelujah. And when the Word and the Spirit come together in faith, wherever that faith releases it, uh, the de declaration, the Holy Spirit and the Word bring it to pass. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, there are some people who say, well, that's God. Not sure about all that Spirit stuff. But we are known as the intellectuals of the Word of God. You ever met anybody like that? I tell, I say it this way. All word, you're going to dry up. You ever visited one of those churches? They'll get up and open this same Bible and read the same verse and it is dry and dead a place. You got more tears and emotions and celebration at a funeral. Some people say church like a funeral. No, I, there's more laughing at the good jokes of good, th good stories told of the deceased and crying at the loss of the deceased. There's more emotion at a funeral than in these, some of these dry churches. So don't go and say they're like a funeral service. No, funeral service, you'd enjoy it a lot better. All word, dry up. And then there's those, oh, we don't need the Bible. We don't need nobody to teach us anything. The Holy Ghost will teach us all things. All we need is the Spirit. All we need is the Spirit. I say all Spirit, you'll blow up. Because the devil knows how to play Holy Ghost Church better than you do. And when you get all worked up, he'll move right in there. And you'll think it's, you'll think it's God because you got a goosebump from it. The Holy Ghost knows how to give, I mean, the devil knows how to give you goosebumps too. How many of you have ever gone through a horror, one of those horror villages or horror house, haunted houses? Anybody ever gone through a haunted house? I did the stupidest thing. I don't know why. When you're young, you do some stupid things. I don't know if we were dating or just married, maybe dating. And when we were dating, I, uh, Pastor Rodica moved here and staying with my aunt. And uh, I'd go pick her up every day and she'd do ministry with me all evening. And then I'd take her home. And I never, I didn't want to take her home. But we couldn't come. I lived in the parsonage. I had a couple of guys living there as well. So a bachelor's pad. But I didn't want to take her in there because I didn't even want an appearance of evil. So we always stayed out in public so that we wouldn't even put ourselves in a place of temptation. And because uh, when you got a girl as beautiful as her, I knew I needed to guard myself because I was just 
Lord, I don't know how you blinded her to me, but thank you, Lord. And, uh, and we, I was always looking for things late to do just to keep her out so I could spend more time. And there used to be a haunted house in, down in Virginia Beach. And I took her there. I don't know why. I mean, she's from Transylvania. I mean, maybe that was it. I don't know. Let her have a little taste of home. But in Transylvania, Romania. So I'm like, no. We went in there and they got the chainsaws and, you know, they come running at you. And I didn't know that. Never been in one. And I'm ready to beat them up. And half of me scared to death, ready to run. And the other half wanting to protect her. And the other half of it was to sacrifice her to them so I could get out. You know, here she is. Whoever can run the fastest survives here. And then she's like, she showed me that she was a sprinter as well. And she was clawing and getting ahead. It was no more. When that thing closed down, years later, she says, good enough for you. All these years later. <laughs> but, you know, all that mask and chainsaws popping out of the dark corners and all that stuff, screaming and yelling and surprises, gave us goosebumps. I mean, hair on our neck was standing. But that wasn't the Holy Ghost. That wasn't the Holy Ghost. All spirit, you blow up. All word, you dry up. But I say if you've got the word in the spirit, you're going to grow up. And you're going to go up to the next level and the next level and the next level. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit we need to embrace. I believe that's why the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 3 and 14, he says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, and He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened. Here's what God wants you to have. To be strengthened with dunamis, with power, might, dunamis. That's the Greek word there. To be strengthened with dunamis. How? Through His what? Spirit. Spirit. The power comes to us. The strength, the dunamis comes to us through the Holy Spirit into our inner man. That what? That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. The Holy Spirit is giving us a power that we can have Christ, the anointing, dwell in our hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love, it's the Holy Ghost that roots us and grounds us so that we might be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and the height. Means to comprehend the height and the depth of God's power and God's love for you, to see the expanse, to see how long it is, how deep it is, how high it is. God's basically saying it's the Holy Ghost that wants to take you to higher heights and deeper depths. It's the Holy Ghost that wants to take you to a whole new level in the Lord. I say, are you tired of staying where you've been and you're ready to go to the next level? Well, the Holy Ghost is the one that brings the power for us to do that. So that we might know, he says, and that word know, genisko, in the Greek, means to know by experience. So it's not just that we would know in our head, but that we would experience, that we would experience the love of Christ which passes uh, uh, above, where is that at? That we might know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. So there is an experience with the anointing that goes beyond the limitation of no matter how smart you are. And it's the Holy Ghost that takes you there. You can't, you can't learn it enough to get there. Do you see what I'm saying? You, can, you can't comprehend it enough to get to that level, but there's a level that the Holy Spirit wants to take you to. Hallelujah. That you might be what? Filled with the fullness of God. 
You say, well, I'm full of God. God said, I got more for you. And you say, man, I got more of God. This is awesome. I'm so full of God. God said, I got more for you. And 40 years into your journey, you say, man, I'm so full of God. God says, I got more for you. He's got a fullness that can never be replete. He can do more in and through your life. When you're 104, He can still take you to another whole level. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. That power that works in us is through the Holy Spirit, he says. To him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Holy Ghost, don't run out. Holy Ghost, think just for the ones born in the 50s or the 40s or the 60s or the 30s or the 70s or the 80s or the 90s or 2000. The Holy Ghost doesn't run out. The Holy Ghost is not winding down. He's always winding up. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I want to challenge you. Challenge you over and over and over to hold on in covenant to the two agents of creation. The two agents of creation that brought the whole universe to where it is right now. The Word of the Lord and the Spirit of the Lord. The Word of the Lord and the Spirit of the Lord. Do you see why I named this anticipating Pentecost? You say, ah, Pentecost has come. Pentecost was 2,000 years ago. Holy Ghost has come. There's more! He wants to do more! He wants to take you to a whole other level. He wants to do greater things in and through you exceedingly abundantly above all that you can imagine or think. You say, well, I'm imagining this big. He says, I want to do more. You say, well, I'm thinking it this big. He says, I want to do more. I want to do more. I want to do more. If you will embrace the Word and you will embrace with relationship, oh, build that relationship with the Word and the Holy Spirit. The Word, the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you what, where there's the Word and the Holy Spirit, The light comes. The creative order of God comes. The manifest of heaven on earth comes. I encourage you as we come up to this Sunday, Pentecost Sunday, that you would become more impassioned. Stir yourself up. Stir yourself up. Don't allow your lazy. And we all got a lazy. Did you know that? We all got a lazy. Don't allow your lazy to keep you from pursuing the Word and the Spirit of God. Holy Spirit, I want to know you more. I want to know you deeper. I want to know you more intimately. Just tell Him, Holy Spirit, I don't even know how to do this, but I want it. And I'm going to lean into you to lead me and show me. But I want to know you deeper, higher, wider. I want to know you. And Holy Spirit, you're the one, the author of the word is God breathe, Ruach. It is your breath that is on these pages here. It is the will of the Father. It is the fulfillment of the Son, Jesus, my Lord and Savior. Help me, Holy Spirit, to not just read, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son just as words that I'd known. But take me deeper. Take me more. Take me into your word. Lord, I know there's depths and there's layers. I've been studying this. Let me tell you, I've been studying this word here. I've been studying it. What, 53 from 17. What would that be? 17, 53. What is that? How many years? 40, 36, 35, 30 something. 30 something. I can pull my calculator out and I'll find out. 30 some years. 
I've been studying this word. And every day it gets sweeter. It gets deeper. It comes alive. It speaks to me deep in areas I've never been spoken to before. I get to see more. It is, it is more than a three-dimensional book. It's a multi-million dimensional book. And it just I reach in and it just goes further and further and further. And 30-some years, I'm still... And it gets deeper and better. But it's not just a word. It's all of that with my relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now I'm a walking, talking, creative force of God that can walk in the midst of whatever that's in my life and I say mountain move and it goes it don't even question me it don't even it don't negotiate it said wait a minute there's somebody that's got the word and the spirit and the spirit and the word the same spirit and word that created a mountain is the same spirit and word that can remove an obstacle out of your life hallelujah, hallelujah. father I pray as I have obeyed you here tonight that through the preaching of the word in some measure, Lord God, that somebody under the sound of my voice says, I'm going to rise up out of here tonight in covenant with your word, Holy Father, and with your spirit like I've never done before. I'm, you've, Lord, I pray that you've used me to put some jet fuel on some flames. Lord God, that they would go into turbo blast. Lord God, that they would, and from this day to Pentecost, that they would see more miracles and more glory. You're not on a budget. You want to do great and mighty things in and through us. Oh, that we would learn the secret of getting your will. We pray it, thy kingdom come. We pray it, thy will be done. We pray it on earth as it is in heaven. But Lord God, if we can get this revelation, we'll not only pray it, but we will be change agents in the hands of your word and your spirit, the faith agents here on earth to bring it to pass. Lord, we just pray here tonight, oh, that each and every person would say, God, I'm going deeper and I'm going higher. Lord, in your word and in your spirit, oh, that we would tarry until we settle it we're going to the next level. And Lord, I want to thank you in advance for the miracles. I want to thank you in advance for your kingdom's glory. I want to thank you in advance how earth is going to benefit from their obedience and their deepening of a relationship with you and going forward. So I pray, Father, that we would take this word. Holy Spirit, seal it. Seal it now, Holy Spirit. I ask you, Holy Spirit, as I give the Word, and, you, and I'm giving you the Word through the Word, where you said, Holy Spirit, you would seal the Word in our hearts. You would seal it in our minds. You would seal it into our lives until the day of redemption. Lord, I pray you would seal it now by your Spirit, this truth in everyone's heart and in everyone's mind, that they will never be, with, they'll be without excuse, that they know, that they know that faith expressing the Word and your Spirit will bring change for your glory and your honor. Seal it, Holy Spirit, on their, that truth in their minds and their hearts now, I pray. And now, God, I pray your blessings and your favor and your anointing would go with each and every one of us as we go into this night and into the remainder of this week as we go forth as change agents for you in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Come on. Somebody, somebody give some praise out now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's stand together. Man,